Welcome to the Persuasion Pitch Podcast, where we discuss the dangers of multi-level marketing companies. We dig deep into cults and other scams. I'm your host, Jess, licensed esthetician, makeup artist, and anti-MLM advocate. Hello, everyone. I'm back with another episode and I am so excited to have Josie on with me. If you guys don't know who Josie is, she has a YouTube channel, Not The Good Girl. And she was in an MLM at the top 1%. So thank you so much for being with me today, Josie. Hi, thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. Of course. I really do appreciate you um, coming on. So for those of you who do not know Josie, like I said, she was at the top 1% of a company. And I think it's really good that we get the perspective from someone who was at the actual top, because I know that we talk a lot about people, you know, losing money and, you know, that 99.7% of people who lose money or make nothing, but she was at the very top. So I think it's great that we have a perspective from someone. I I don't think I know anyone else that was at the top 1%, at least not anyone that would speak to me. (laughs) But (laughs) Yeah, a lot of them stay quiet. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. So it's amazing that you, you know, that you speak out and you have, you know, helped so, so many people. I just know you have. So it's just so important. Um. So I I just want to know, Josie, what, you being at the top, what was the final straw like that made you decide to leave or like, what was in your, your mind that was like, okay, wait, hold on something. I just, you know, I'm doing well, but like, what was that aha moment for you? There were so many little things that added up to me leaving, um, so many little things that eventually broke the camel's back. Um, Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, I think probably in every interview I get asked what was the final straw. Mm -hmm. And there were just so many straws, to be honest. And I think it's important for people to pay attention to those little gut checks, Mm -hmm. because had I have done that in the beginning, I probably would have walked away a lot sooner Um, I just remember when I left my first company, I, because I had been a six figure earner in my very first company that I was in for over three years. And then, um, there, it kind of imploded in itself and our income went down by like 60 to 70%. And everybody was, we were all freaking out and, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, we were looking for another company to go to because we had asked the CEO, can you you know, is there any way we can change the compensation plan or a different way we can earn um, income from specific products because our income has went so far down and we are worried about paying our bills. Like the people who, those of us who were doing it full time were asking our, the top uplines who are the millionaires or the CEO. And it was very interesting. The CEO and the millionaire uplines gaslit us. And he said, oh, nothing's changed. You just need to work harder. Mm-hmm. And I just could not believe that because that's what they would always tell me when I would ask them like, hey, um, my, when I would tell my upline, my girls are struggling on my team. How can I 
help them earn more money. And they would say, oh, well, they need to do more personal development or they need to do more of this or they need to post more or they need to, and I would tell them, oh yeah, they're doing that. My girls are doing all those things. They would say, oh, well, they're just not working hard enough then. Right. They just don't want it bad enough. Mm-hmm. Or they would say, um, oh, they're lying to you. They're not, they're not really doing those things or they would see success. And when you kept pushing the last resort, last ditch answer they can give you is, oh, well, they must just have a negative mindset. So they're attracting negativity to them. <laughs> and so to see that be done to me by the very top of lines of the CEO, when our income started going down, I, it kind of like woke me up. Unfortunately, it didn't wake me up to the industry. I had already been fully indoctrinated to believe that network marketing was the one way. And so I went to a different company. Mm-hmm. And as I was building in those two different companies I went to, um, I just kept thinking like, okay, I'm making money. I'm, I'm rebuilding everything. I'm in the top 1% now. I got to the top 1% of the second company. Um, and I only, I left like four to five months later. It was just not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I earned a trip to Aruba with the top 20 in the company. I was in the top 20. I didn't go. <laughs> it just was not my kind of company. It was a wine service company. They a wine subscription box service and they yes. uh, ended up shutting down anyway. But so then my third company, which was a skincare and cosmetics company, I was in for over two years. And I, I just remember um, thinking like, okay, like I'm clawing my way back up to the top. Like I'm back in the top 1%. And when do, when's it feel like we, we get to rest? When does it feel like other people are starting to succeed? When does it feel like, you know, all these questions that were always nagging in the back of my mind, they were full front now because full out, full out in front, because I had been in for so long. And I started to recognize that it wasn't the, just one company. It was the entire industry, especially because when you get to the top 1%, you talk with other one percenters in other companies and you all hear the same thing. You all complain about the same things. And that's when I started realizing it was the industry. I would say the straws that kind of broke my back were that, that made me decide to walk away um, was I had a panic attack and, you know, everyone's body handles stress differently. Some people with anxiety or depression or both, they have panic attacks a lot. Um, and some people, they have different symptoms and I'm one of those people who have different symptoms. I had only had two panic attacks in my entire life. Um, I'm 34 now, but the first panic attack I ever had was when I was in an abusive marriage. And the second one was when a friend died. And so to have a panic attack over my work, I knew, I knew I could no longer deny it. Like my doctors had already been trying to tell me, Hey, your blood pressure is really high. They had told me that two years prior when I was in my first company. And I just was like, well, that doesn't make sense because I'm the fittest and the smallest I've ever been at that time. So I was like, it must just be a stressful day or whatever. And they told me a few times, like, no, your blood pressure is really high. We want to put you on medicine. And that's actually how I began meditating, uh, which is one of the only things that really took with me from the industry was meditation. Right. Well, I guess I could say that was for my doctor. But, <laughs> but yeah. so I had that panic attack 
And I just, I couldn't deny it anymore. Like my body physically would not let me deny it anymore that this was not good for me. And, um, you know, I couldn't deny that it was not good for others. Like I was tired of not seeing other women win. Like I'm a feminist and I would have a couple people on my team do well, but when you have so many people on your team and they're struggling, it's not fun. I mean, I guess unless you just look the other way, but it's just, it's, it sucks. <laughs> and the month before I'd had the panic attack, I had earned, um, I went to a retreat with my team and it was the same thing at this retreat that I saw at the other retreats I had been to with seven figure earners and everybody at this retreat was exhausted. Like we never changed out of our pajamas except for like a photo shoot that our upline had <laughs> had us do. Mm. And our, my upline who was, um, earning like 40 to $50,000 a month. We were, she was so sick that they were thinking that maybe she could have colon cancer. Like she was having oh horrible gosh. problems. Um, and she was sick while she was there. Like there was blood in the sheets, unfortunately. Oh my gosh. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to paint a picture because. Right, right, people, right. Yeah. People don't realize how, how bad the industry is. And like my first upline from my first company had to have a blood transfusion. And oh my I gosh. Yeah. I recognize that with both of them, that their doctors told them the same story. They were like, we don't know what's going on, but you're sick. And we think it could be caused from stress. And so I recognized that. And then only a month later, I had that panic attack. And that's when I started distancing myself from the industry. I didn't leave right away. I always say it's like a slow burn when you walk away. Um, but because you're scared of leaving, losing that community, you're scared of, of being shunned and talked about for leaving. And you're scared of being looked at as like a negative person right. for not trying hard enough in your business. Mm -hmm. And those were like my biggest fears. Yeah. That's a lot of victim blaming. And yeah, yeah. it's so important that you're speaking about anxiety because I also suffer from anxiety and I've had panic attacks. I've, I've had panic attacks a few to the point to where like I can't even explain it like I had to lay on the floor like I didn't know what to do I was it was horrible like I couldn't They're breathe like, my chest was caving in so like I know how you feel with the with the anxiety and the thing with these companies is they tell you you know make money in your sleep yeah you no know, um you know it's it's easy all you have to do is you know if you love the product then you know, it's, it's great and it's fabulous life. And, but yeah, so, I mean, everything that affects, you know, this is why mental health to me is so important because, okay. So if you have issues with mental health, they, it will affect you physically for, yeah, ex yeah for example, it, when I get really, really stressed out, like I'll break out in like, uh, like my chest will get blotchy. And then sometimes I break out in like itchy like an itchy rash on my arms. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it absolutely affects you physically and it's so unhealthy too. Yeah. Speaking of, can I read you something? I wrote a comment today, um, this morning. I took a screenshot of it because I was going to send it to my husband and it, you mentioned victim blaming and it was about that. Can I read it? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. So this girl had been commenting on my channel. Um, and a lot of times, like if people leave a comment that's actually negative. Like I usually ignore it. Um, if it's somebody who just like disagrees with what I say in the video or they're like, Oh, 
you're just, you know, you do what you were doing in it. I just leave it alone. So I'm like, they're entitled to their opinion. Like if people mm-hmm. don't trust me, I understand because I was in, I did recruit people. I was in the top for a long time. Like I get it. But this person, she commented about, um, she left a few different comments and one of them said, she's like, uh, she, she said, you know, it's a diff- I have a different perspective and a more empowered one than insisting on being a victim which is what people in the anti-MLM community do. Um, I think your videos are good, but you know, people need to, like, if you're a victim, it's your fault. You need to take responsibility and learn from the experience. Removing removing life's challenges will not help you succeed. (laughs) Wow. And so that like struck a chord with me and I replied to her and I said, you know, choosing not to be a victim is verbiage used by victim blamers. Correct. I was taught, I was taught to say, to say that same stuff growing up. And like, so I understand where that mindset is, but that mindset's wrong. And I learned later in life, you know, that is the wrong mindset to have. And I said, losing money to something that promises financial freedom from hard work and states, anybody can do it, makes somebody a victim getting sexually assaulted makes somebody a victim losing your house job or even one dollar in 2008 because of wall street's irresponsible handling of the subprime market makes somebody a victim yes and of course anybody can pick up the pieces and carry on with their lives like most aren't left with any other option but I believe language is important and choosing not to use words like victim because you think it makes somebody look weak only enables the perpetrators and the abusers. Yes. Yes. That is so spot on. That is so spot on. And like I've said before, it's like you, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. If, if people are like, you know what, you've never been in an MLM, so you cannot speak on it. Or if you've been in an MLM, they say, oh, you didn't make it in an MLM. So that's why you're saying it. So it's like, yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) Tell you what, um, you know, and so good for you for responding to that because it is so important not to victim blame. And, you know, and just for everyone listening, you know, it's very rare that someone makes it to the top 1%. Very rare. So And I'll say, like, don't believe what you see on social media, because I believe, like, a lot of times people say, oh, the online life, or, like, the internet isn't real life, and I don't think we can say that anymore, especially with, like, what we saw after January 6th, and all of that was mainly planned online, Um, you know, in these little Facebook groups and parlor and whatnot, but, so I think that we do have to be careful of what we say online and language matters whether you are on an anonymous account or not like those things can still be traced um but when it comes to what people post online and how they say their life is those a lot of times are not real especially when it's influencers doing it because influencers are trying to sell you a product and if they are you know if they're being honest about how life really is or whatnot. I mean, they're, they feel like they won't sell the product. So they have to like manufacture authenticity. Right. And Mm -hmm. it's awful. And I can tell you from being in the top 1% and being around as many other people who were even made more money than I did in, in the MLM industry, nobody was happy. Everybody was stressed to the max and trying to put on a happy face 
for their downline and for social media and show a happy life to recruit more people because then they thought they would like feel better. But in the MLM industry, nothing is ever enough. And I saw relationships uh, go downhill. I lost my best friend of eight years because she decided she didn't want to be friends with me anymore when I walked away from my first company. Mm -hmm. And I even saw like marriages be torn apart because of the stress from the MLM industry. Right. Right. So yeah, I mean, and that's what they say. They say, fake it till you make it. So they (laughs) put on this persona, like everything is great. And I mentioned this in one of my other episodes um, and I didn't really want to get into it because I'm not victim blaming at all. Like this, this woman did not deserve this, but if you look at the, you know, Shanann Watts case, right. you know, it looked like they had such a great life and you know, she recorded everything. And then the recent case with Alexis Sharkey, I mean, Ugh. you just, and that's unsolved. Like it, you know, these things that people put online, you do not know what's really going on. So you just cannot believe it. You just can't. Right. Yeah, so I'm telling you, it's uh, it, it goes deep, deeper than what people realize, and it really does. Yeah, it just oh man. Um, so I did want to ask you this because I am also I know that you're a makeup artist and you're a cosmetologist, actually. Yes. Right. Okay. So um, I'm a, I'm a licensed esthetician, and makeup artist, and I've been doing this for over 16 years. So with the skincare and makeup multi-level marketing company that you were with help you know having you you were licensed at that time correct yes did it make you feel like you know do do other people have the right to give out this you know advice on skincare and makeup or no did you were just like okay so it's interesting you ask that because I'm currently making a video. Um, <laughs> when I'm done talking to you, I have to call Apple support because my computer hates me. But <laughs> but um, I'm making a video on Monet and a certain former anti-MLM. I know exactly who you're speaking of. Uh-huh, who joined Monet. <laughs> yep. And yep. while I was making it, I tell this story about how um, one of my friends from Paul Mitchell she contacted me in 2017. I think this was probably right before I joined the skincare and cosmetics MLM. Mm -hmm. And she had joined Monate and they were still super new around this time. And she had asked me to join because she used it on all her clients in the salon and she really loved it. I had already been out of the salon. I, um, I quit hair. I've been licensed since 2009, but I, I stopped doing hair in the salon around 2015 to work my MLM business full-time from home. And I just remember feeling uneasy that so many people were joining this hair care MLM and giving advice about the scalp and talking about the hair and the cuticle and you know, all this stuff about hair that they are not licensed for. Right, right, right. And it made me really uneasy. And I would hear a lot of unsubstantiated claims, like talking about like detoxing. Detoxing. And yeah. I'm, this is not a thing. Like y'all are right. crazy. Right. <laughs> so, so I remember feeling uneasy. But the interesting thing is when I joined the skincare MLM, you know, I... It definitely made me, I, I remember thinking like, mm, like some people need to be careful with what they're saying. I wasn't as uneasy about it as I was with hair because um, you, 
lots of times people will be a freelance makeup artist and you don't have to be t like technically licensed to call yourself a makeup artist, even though you're, you're not necessarily supposed to work on the skin, depending on the state you're in, but looking back in hindsight, yeah, it's scary. Like <laughs> people probably shouldn't be joining like skincare things and, you know, mm -hmm. things like that if they're not licensed, because there are a lot of reactions that happen. And right. if you're not licensed to know what's really going on with the skin mm -hmm. or with the scalp, um, really bad things can happen. Very bad things can happen. Like I, I, I think I commented on one of your videos because you know that I have, I've been out for this Rodan and Fields company for a very long time now. Yeah. And people in the company at the top are well aware, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm telling you, they watch, you know, a YouTube video and they think that they can give advice and no, our skin is our largest organ right. and it's just, it is so scary. It is very scary. And, and it's kind of like a slap in the face to me. Like, why would you listen to this individuals when I have, I have literally put blood, sweat and tears into into doing what I do and I've been doing this since 2004 and you know it's just oh and, and then like, with makeup I, I know of people who are MLM reps because in my state you have to be a licensed esthetician or cosmetologist to apply makeup for compensation and I see a lot of MLM reps using MLM products on people. They don't know about proper sanitation and they charge less, a lot less than I do. So. Right. Proper yeah. sanitation is so important. So and important. I think too, thinking, looking back, that was kind of my thought because when somebody talks about makeup, I don't really see like that to me doesn't bother me. It's not really a big deal. Um, but you're right. Like they, they don't know the, the correct sanitation methods mm -hmm. um, that could save somebody's skin from getting a certain bacterial. Yeah. Even herpes simplex. I mean, right. this is stuff that that's, that's not, you can't even cure that. Right. So it's yeah, skincare, very alarming. Skincare. Like I only use two of that company's skincare products that I can remember. Um, mm -hmm. I just wasn't a fan of their cleansers. I use more professional brands. Um, and so I just was mainly focused on the makeup and it was, you know, it was Cenogen. So the, their biggest product was lip sense. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so that yeah. was like mm -hmm. the big seller, but, um, yeah, I know it's scary. You have to be, I, I think people don't understand, don't think, don't understand the risks that can be involved with it, but it, it is scary. And it's weird because we just don't have the consumer protection laws. We should like other developed countries do. Correct. Correct. Yeah. A lot of people used to ask me about selling before I was like openly anti MLM because I, I just became involved with the anti MLM movement in 2018. So, uh, you know, but people used to ask me, I was like, you know what? I get a pro discount on products on good, on good products. So right. why would I take, you know, a commission like that? But but then again, you know, it's all about the recruiting and that's when I did not look into it as much. So, mm -hmm. um, so what advice would you give to others, um, on how they should approach someone that's in an MLM? And then I have to ask you another question after that, cause it slipped my mind. <laughs> sure. Um, what advice would I give to others on how they should approach someone they care? Well, I think you have to be so careful because 
the person that you care about who's in an MLM is not just in any old business. They are in a commercial cult and they are taught that if anybody says anything critical of their company, even if it's constructive or from a place of concern and not meant to bash, it's viewed as negative and they're pretty much taught to excommunicate from you. They are told over and over and over again to cut out toxic people from their lives because otherwise they won't be successful. And if they're not successful, then they can't help more people and make more money. And that's scary to them. And I mean, especially when you, they manipulate you emotionally by saying like, well, you want to help more people. Right. (laughs) And so if you have negativity around you, then you, you can't do that. So you need to cut the toxic people out. It's all complete BS, but it's very, the way that they, they manipulate and they twist things is very believable once you're in. And so I would say to approach it very carefully, if at all, um, I would recommend listening to on audible or reading the book, um, combating cult mind control by Stephen Hassan. He oh, is yeah. a, yeah, he is he's definitely a staple in this community. Oh, absolutely. Yes, he is for a licensed sure. therapist and a cult expert. So yes. not only do you have somebody who understands uh, psychology and how the human mind works, which I think is very important because mm-hmm. you should, just like we were talking about being licensed in skin and skin hair, you know, if you're going to talk about matters of the mind and deprogramming, you should, you know, be citing sources or be licensed. And fortunately he is, and he is a global cult expert who created the bite model, which stands for behavior, information, thought, and emotional control. Yes. I spoke about that in one of my episodes. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, it wasn't until I found, I realized, um, the bite model was even a thing and I went through it. Um, I realized, oh, this was a cult. Now I understand mm-hmm. why I was diagnosed with depression. Now right. I understand right, why right. I felt so terrible after leaving for a long, long time. So, you know, in the book, he does talk about how you can approach people. Um, and I would only use his methods and go from there. I would not be sending them anti-MLM videos. I would not be, uh, I, w- I would be very, very careful about just about the way you approach it because it's literally like a flip of a switch they get they'll cut you out oh I know and that brings me back to what I was going to ask you actually because you said that you had a best friend for years Mm -hmm. and whenever you left she completely cut you off and you know that's it's sad and we, you know, we have to remember that this individual is in a cult so they are doing what they're completely you know brainwashed i mean it is a cult and there's really no convincing me otherwise that it's a cult you know people joke around and say oh it's a cult no but it is it is a cult right so you know and that's i mean it's sad that she's done that and i do hope that she does you know wake up and see the light one day i it's know that had to hurt you it's interesting because it we were i mean we were like ride or die we became good friends when we were like 21 or 22 and she joined under me in the MLM and we built successful businesses together. She was the only other person on my team who under me, who was able to quit their full-time job and work from home. So she was one of the successful ones. And, um, I, she was unhappy in the company too, because our incomes were plummeting is our the first company. And she, we both planned to leave and I left first. And then my upline 
talked her into staying and I don't know what was said about me, but I just got a message one day and it was out of the blue and it was a long message about how I was now a negative person and how she didn't know who I was becoming and how she was upset with me for speaking out against the company and the CEO because it was what God had called her to do and that she could no longer be friends with me. <laughs> it, it was a complete 180 from the story she'd been telling me just a few months before, which was when she was looking into other companies to leave. And, and that's how those who are indoctrinated into this, mm -hmm. their minds can be just be so easily flipped by that influence of somebody above them right. and somebody who's successful. And um, yeah, she blocked me on every platform before I even had a chance to respond. Wow. And I found out only two years later, she left too. She left. Really? Yeah. And we still haven't spoken. I don't wow. think that, I don't think that we could probably ever be friends again, because honestly, there's just been so much damage done. And I hate mm -hmm. to, you know, not share a happy ending, but there really are no happy endings in multi-level marketing. Right. Right. So is, did she ever join another MLM or is, was that it? I don't think she did. Wow. I'm she surprised. Been, yeah. I'm surprised she didn't reach out to you, honestly, but I, you know, yeah, it's hard. It's, it's like relationships just become so complicated and so much resentment builds up in when, in these companies, it's crazy. Yeah, it is. And whenever you made that video, you knew I know that you knew that people were going to be like, you know what, she's a hater, you know, I mean, I know that's, that does take so much courage. And like I told you before, my little boy even said, wow, that is so much courage and he's Aww. only 11. And it's just amazing when you pressed upload on that video, <laughs> like what did you did you what were you expecting like were you were you nervous to do it were you scared you were gonna make people mad or you just like you know what I'm done I don't even care like I'm gonna raise awareness I'm doing this you know I was to say I was terrified would be an understatement mm -hmm. I had already sat on the video for a couple weeks um even just filming the video like I kept getting sick and having to run to the bathroom I was so nervous because I just felt like I was so negative to come out and speak out against the industry especially when I had had success you know so it was kind of like well who am I to complain I was successful and I just need to shut my mouth and be grateful and that was the mentality all that toxic positivity that I had been indoctrinated with swirling around in my head um, and you know, for a long time, I was quiet. I was very, I was quiet for almost two years after I left and I didn't speak out against it. And I just tried to stay positive and I tried to keep the peace because I knew that a large part of my following were people who were in multi-level marketing. Um, but you know, like my life felt wrecked when I left, I, I no longer had that income, rightfully so. Um, <laughs> so I had to learn how to lose a lot of things in my life and live with less, which is a good lesson, not to like lose everything all at once, but it's, <laughs> it's good to learn to live with less. But, um, I, you know, I just felt wrecked and I felt other than the financial aspect, I felt like a shell of the person I once was because I had so many friends block me. I had so many people talk bad about me, um, cyber bully me for leaving and hard. So I knew, okay, you're probably going to have to go through all of that again 
by, by making this video. (laughs) Because now you're going against not just a couple companies that you walked away from, you're going against an entire industry. And I already felt, um, like at that point I had lost so much and I was still just trying to keep the peace until the pandemic started. And I saw so many vulnerable men and women who were so afraid um, of losing their job, of getting COVID, of dying from this virus that we don't know how to handle. I saw so many, I saw all the old recruiting tactics on, like get amped up on steroids. And I saw all these people that I knew making posts like, oh, this is why I've worked from home so long for myself and why I chose this company for when times like this happen. And if you've thought about reaching out to me, now is your time. This is your sign. Don't wait another day. You know, what happens is all, it's all up to you, how your life goes. And, and I just was so angry. I was so angry because I just saw all these vulnerable men and women being preyed upon. And I thought to myself, you know, I can't imagine going through an entire pandemic, losing my job, losing loved ones, and possibly getting extremely ill, and then going through everything I did when I left the MLM industry. Like, that could make somebody almost not want to be here, if you know what I'm saying. And so I just was like, screw it. I'm, I'm, I'm not staying silent anymore. And I made that video. And whew. That was hard, <laughs> but I put it out there. <laughs> yeah, I bet that you kind of felt a sense of relief, you know, like it's off your chest. And, yeah. You know, I saw yeah, a lot of positive comments. Yeah. And that was the thing too. I was like, you know what, at least I will be able to look back and say, I didn't stay silent when, when the world was crumbling and burning to the ground. Like at least I didn't stay silent because I don't think I would have been able to live with that. And so I said, I'm just going to make this one video. I'm just going to put it out there. And it it is what it is. And I expected to get so much hate and so much backlash. And to my surprise, Mm -hmm. I had so many people who were supporting me and like so many people like shared their stories and it was so heartwarming. And of course I did get hate. Of course I got people who blogged me and whatnot. And, but it was not like I expected. And I, I just realized like, okay, like there's something to be said when you share your real feelings and your real thoughts on, on these, on these matters. Right. Yeah. That, that actually happened to me too. Um, whenever I first came out openly and, you know, said my stance on where I stand with ML with you know MLMs mm-hmm. to my surprise I knew it could go either you know one or two ways so but to my surprise I had people messaging me thanking me I had one girl tell me that she couldn't even pay her light bill that month and so mm-hmm. she, you know and she stepped away from an MLM so that made me feel so good but you know also <laughs> I know that, and I said this in one of my other episodes, that someone was looking for a makeup artist, and when someone recommended me, they said, oh, no, she likes herb, she doesn't like Herbalife, I'm not going to use her. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's fine. People are so funny, like, people are just so funny, and you know what, I, I try not to judge them, because I was the same way when I was in an MLM, like, I didn't, 
I didn't voice concern or say things like that, I would say, but I, because I was at the top and I, I knew I had to be careful of what I said, but I, I would totally be like, oh, that person's extremely negative or they're toxic. You know, like I completely had that mentality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and you're, you're indoctrinated to have that man- mentality. You just mm-hmm. are. And just slowly um, so I, I understand when people are mad um, about it. And I just, I don't really think, I don't, I don't care when they say things. Um, sometimes it's funny because now as my channel has been growing, I feel like the hate comments have gotten more superficial and <laughs> they'll usually say things about my weight um, or about the way I look saying that, like, I'm just trying to pass for being black because I'm, I'm biracial, I'm half Kenyan. And like, they'll, and it's funny because I just know that when they're picking on really superficial things like that, um, I know that the movement is really pissing them off. And that's a good sign for the anti-MLM movement. Yeah, I think so too. It's grown so, so much. And mm-hmm. whatever you mentioned using the pandemic to recruit, you know, and a lot of companies, I think it was in April, 10 different multi-level marketing companies received warning letters from the FTC. So if anyone sees that that's listening, please report that to Tina or you know, the truth in advertising or and or to the FTC because yes. they cannot be making claims like that. Do not use a pandemic to recruit. That's right. blows my mind. But <laughs> so with that said, I mean, unless you have anything else to talk about, I just want everyone to please go to YouTube if you have not subscribed to Josie, it's under not the good girl. Her videos are absolutely amazing. Whenever I see a notification, I, I, I click immediately because I know it's oh. going to be so good. <laughs> I've heard nothing but great things about, about you, Josie. Honestly, I, I spoke with Roberta. I, I spoke with Savvy. And yeah, they everyone just loves you so much. So and we respect you. In this I would country. say I always like to try and end with something about like, for people who are still in an MLM or thinking of leaving to, um, to know that they're not alone because I remember that fear. And it is looking back now when I'm on the outside, it's crazy to me how much fear um, and insecurity I had about walking away from something because nothing should have a grip on your life like that. Correct. Nothing and no one. And I was petrified. And so I remember leaving and just being scared and feeling really, really, really alone. And I also felt like there were some circles of the anti-MLM community I didn't fit into because um, sometimes some people can be mean and say, you know, just like make fun of the people who are in an MLM or yeah, make fun of like the victims. Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, that doesn't speak for the movement as a whole. And I finally one day found some good groups and I found two great anti-MLM groups. Um, and I always list them below every single video of mine. And then yeah. Stephen Hassan's book, Combating Mind Control, Cult Mind Control, really, really helped me. Um, so I would just say like, you're not alone. Like, don't be afraid to post in the groups that you know are kind and not shame of others because if I hadn't done that I don't think I would have ever made my first video because I had watched a few anti-MLM videos but for the most part um I really liked reading stories from other members in the groups and for a long time I just lurked in there I I I was a creeper because I was like I can't post in there like if they know how how successful I was in the industry they'll, they'll hate me 
Um, mm-hmm. But that didn't happen and it shouldn't happen. No, anybody. it should not happen. It should not happen. No, because whether I, what I've learned from since creating my videos, um, I've learned that whether somebody was at the top of the pyramid or at the very bottom and who lost money, we all had the same cult tactics used on us with the love bombing, the toxic positivity, the black and white thinking, the gaslighting. We all had those used on us and we all walked away um, and had to deal with the aftermath. That was really, really hard. So just know you're not alone and there are kind groups and people in this movement who who want to hear your story and who will lift you up. And that's exactly what, um, like Monica's, uh, Hayworth's group did for me completely. Yes. Yeah. I love Monica. Yes. I love, you know, we, we actually met up in real life. So we met through, yeah, we met through YouTube and it brought us together. So yeah, I went to Florida and we hung out. Our families got to meet, we had dinner. It was great. So yeah, she is such a good person inside and out. And, you know, in real life and on YouTube, that's who she is. That's so, so cool. Yeah, it is. And yeah, so about that hun shaming, I do not condone that at all. We No one is going to listen to us and, you know, even want to get out of an MLM if they think we're a bunch of bullies. Like, I am shaming the business model. I'm shaming, the, you know, the, the ones at the, the founders. They know exactly what they're doing, but mm-hmm. everyone else, they're, they're victims because they have been indoctrinated with this mind control and with, you know, with the bite model, like, you know, like you mentioned, so right. they are 100% victims. And I want to make sure that everyone knows that I'm a safe place and, you know, and you're a safe place. If people want to reach out to me, I know that you're not on social media anymore, but mm-hmm. you know, but yeah, so I have all of my stuff below that's going to be in, you know, in this episode, feel free to reach out to me. I will be a listening ear. I will help you. I will do anything I can. I'm not going to shame you at all. So, so yeah. I want to put that out there too. Yeah. I love it. I think that's so important. I, I left the MLM industry in the beginning of 2019, but I didn't even get involved in the anti-MLM industry until the beginning of 2020 because, oh, wow. because the, the anti-MLM info I saw at first was just hun shaming. Mm-hmm. And to me, even now being out of the industry, I'm not cool with that. And so to me, I was just like, they're all negative. Like, screw that. Like, right. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's hard enough coming out. It's hard enough to leave an yeah. MLM getting cut off by who you thought was your best friend. And then you know, and then you don't have a safe place for people right. to open their arms to you. That's awful. That's awful. Right. And so. so, yeah, when I finally found some kind groups, I think I was just like struggling so much and feeling so depressed and just searching for something. And that's what caused me to, to search harder, um, mm-hmm. for different anti mlm groups, which I'm really glad I did because then I, I found those awesome, kind, caring groups. And that, that literally changed the game. It's amazing right. what can happen when you find help and resources from people who have been in your shoes and they're not going to judge you. Correct. Yes. I 100% agree. Thank you so much for having Thank me. you so much for coming on. Um, and again, everyone go look up Josie's channel. She's absolutely amazing. And thank you so much for being one. I truly appreciate it. 
You're so welcome. Tell AJ I said hi. I definitely will. <laughs> Bye. Bye. I appreciate everyone listening and listening to this podcast in general. I hope everyone has a great, great rest of the week.